This is Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill, and I listen to the Funbelt Podcast. Funbelt Podcast. Funbelt Podcast. Funbelt Podcast. Funbelt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a, at a point right now where they're, I think, clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. Uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. Welcome back. Another episode in season three of the Fun Belt Podcast. We've got some special guests today. We've got Justin Costick, the bowling coach at Arkansas State, you know, educating fools on some bowling. We have our, I call him our intern, but he's really just a, 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 our guy from Troy, Maxwell George, will be joining us later on the show, see what's going on with Troy Track and giving us an update of student life with me. As always, is uh, Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. Hello, Dusty. Howdy. And Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. Shane, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right. Well, okay, you should be doing good because we got a lot of stuff going on. We got basketball coming to a head, and it's looking like it's going to be sort of a lightning and thunder ending for basketball. And then baseball has just started up. Which uh, is a long season, yes, but it we've seen some pretty good starts. So why don't we start with the hottest team in basketball? I'm going to throw it to you, Shane. I know, Shane, that you probably have, you know, maybe your opinion weighted on certain things. But who right now is the hottest team in the men's side of basketball? Right this moment? This it's moment. The, it's the one you guys are always saying, don't bet on. It's South Alabama no, Jaguars. Please, don't no, do not say that name. For the love of God, for me and Tibbs, don't do this to us. Tibbs they are crushing teams are right now. <laughs> They're crushing teams right now. And if you go look at their schedule, they've lost a lot of close games to a lot of really good teams. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing up to their capabilities, I think. And Kind of the de facto home team an hour away from Pensacola here in a couple of weeks. I would not want to run into them in the conference Shane. tournament. Shane, did did were you a rap fan growing up? Do you say rat or rap? Rap. R-A-P. To some degree. I'm not like a huge expert on it, but but, but you knew public enemy, right? Yes. You know the one of their biggest hits. What was the title of that song? Don't uh, believe the hype. I thought you were going to say fight the power. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, maybe, I, don't maybe I don't get the connection. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe the hype. It doesn't matter that Listen, South man. Alabama is on a four-game winning streak. It doesn't matter that they have been, in your words, crushing opponents. Because yes. you, even at Saturday's game against ULM, ULM shot like 2% from the floor. Yeah, I would hope that they win by double digits over ULM. Oh, come on, Shane. Now give them some credit. I mean, a team just doesn't shoot 2% or whatever. A team is made to shoot 2%. So I could this not just be? And maybe I'm just falling back into the hype. God help me. I'm back on the horse. South Alabama has been crushing their opponents. Crushed. Did they not just crush uh, Southern Miss? Did I see that right? Thirty-one points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're the only people, only team that's taken Southern Miss to task. 
That's because Southern Miss wasn't at home. Well, that's true. Yeah, 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 that could be true. I'm just saying, South Alabama really hot. But so is another team that we know of, JMU, which seems to be peaking at the right moment. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, I mean, as down as everybody was on them when they had a three-game losing streak earlier this season, they've been pulling out games right now. And if they win two next week, they could be the number two seed in the uh, conference tournament all of a sudden, uh, which which I would not have expected even two weeks ago that yeah. you know, we might be talking about that. A lot of reasons to be down on the Dukes a couple weeks ago. Suddenly the Dukes are riding high. They got their crown back on their heads. So uh, looking really good. Let me ask you this, Tibbs. And Shane and I mean nothing by this. So don't lash out like you did last week. Just kind of take it in as as just uh, constructive sort of observations. But it seems to me that the Warhawks are really tanking right now. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um, you know, they they opened up the the schedule last week with something like eight turnovers in the first quarter of the first half, and they didn't shoot well. Then they go to Southern Miss and just, I don't know if they removed the rim from the Warhawks offensive side or what, but, but they, they couldn't hit anything. And, and, you know, if you don't score, you're, you're probably not going to win that game. Yeah. So are the Warhawks doing that thing where they just suddenly are having trouble at the very wrong time? Without a doubt. And, and and I think that that's, you know, as, as much as we, we give South Alabama the ribbon, I think that they're, they're the team that's hot right now. The Warhawks are cold right now. I will say this. I don't think they're as cold as Georgia State, who just looks absolutely terrible, makes them sound like they have hope. I mean, they just do not look good this year. A couple of weeks ago, we were all kind of talking about the state of Sunbelt basketball. And we're saying, who's one of those teams that could sneak up and, and start making some noise, even though they're not playing well at the moment. And Georgia State was one of the teams that we said couldn't possibly be as bad as they are, but they are. They're not a good basketball team right now. I, this must be a shocker for Panther faithful uh, who have come to expect uh, just great teams coming out of Georgia State every year and to see them at the bottom. They are now statistically in the standings ranked below Arkansas state. And that is pretty damn crazy. Well, Arkansas state has the head to head against them. Haven't beaten them this past week. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, we're pretty excited about that to tell you the truth. In fact, uh, I just posted an article on howraiser.com uh, talking about it's quite possible that Arkansas state will not finish in the basement in men's and women's basketball this season, especially women's, they won't. Uh, South Alabama looks to be cementing that uh, deal. I think Arkansas State's in fourth. So, you know, tiny steps, baby steps, gentlemen. You know, uh, the comeback is happening. Yeah, I, I, it speaks volumes that the <clears throat> both men's and women's sides are really just a log jam. Uh, yeah. You do have kind of the teams there that have locked up their double buys into the semifinals. James Madison and Troy on the women's side. On the men's side, you actually have three teams mm -hmm. that have already locked that up, with that being the Cajuns, 
Marshall and Southern Miss with that one spot still open that James Madison could slip into. And JMU actually, they've locked up a top four at this point because they've got tiebreakers against the teams they need them against. Ah, so somebody's been doing the science, Tibbs. Yeah. Somebody's been crunching the big data, and they now understand the future. Very good, uh, Shane Metlin. Essentially, essentially uh, ODU could still catch JMU to tie them, but Jamie's already swept them, so they would have a tiebreaker there. Gotcha. Yeah, ODU's been kind of a weird team. You know, they 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 have some embarrassing losses, and then they have some good wins. Don't know anything about what ODU's going to do in the future, but it's going to be – here. here's my prediction. It's going to be a great tournament in Pensacola. It's just going to be uh, a lot of teams that have a shot. It's not going to be like just you – know, sometimes in smaller conferences, there's always just that one team – that's outperforming everybody. Sunbelt's not that t- that that conference. You could get any one of six to eight teams, and it's going to be just badass watching it. Shane, I am jealous that you're going to be there live and in person with Noah Fleischman, right? Is Noah joining you? I don't think Noah's joining me. But, uh, <laughs> I'll be oh, there. Get a break. I'll, he's 15. Uh, he's never he seen the world. do all the football traveling, so uh, <laughs> let him have that fun. Okay, Shane, or Tibbs, you mentioned the women. Uh, I, I being just as clogged up as the men's bracket. Who do we see rising? Who do we see? Who's the hottest team right now? I think that's JMU, without a doubt. I mean, Troy has definitely put together a, a good run. Uh, we know that Chanda's going to have her her girls ready to go, but so far JMU has has really lived up to the hype coming into the season. I think you have two big Russian women, right? One. Oh. <laughs> Are you, are you talking about JMU? Yeah, I'm about Drunk and seeing double. <laughs> One very tall Russian. Woman. Yeah, yeah. She's like the Dolph Lundgren of. of they got, uh, they got the one Russian. very tall Russian and a tiny little French girl. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, they have really boosted their their, their uh, offense with the, and the international world. flavor of James Madison. Well done. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah so both sides uh women's and men's are are, are, are really good this year uh, i'll i'll do a little plug for my own campus arkansas state winners of four of six after going something like one and nine to start the season they're kind of hot finding ways i don't think they're going to make too much noise in the the tournament because with the women they're usually the cream of the crop rises to the top that's what i i've noticed about Sunbelt women, but we'll, I guess we'll see about that. But it's where is the women's term? Is at the same time as the men's in the same venue? So oh, yeah, channel same bat bat time. All right. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So man, if God Shane, you're going to be just like like just irradiated with tremendous basketball. I yeah, I'll have a lot to do. <laughs> if you come back and your hair's falling out and your skin's peeling off. And you're blind, and you're missing a for, uh, missing a leg, is because you've been exposed to too much powerful sunbelt heat. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I saw myself in the front row press conference the other day from uh-huh. behind. My my hair already is falling out. So, uh, <laughs> <I think. laughs> you know what my damn son said to me a couple of days ago? He said, "Oh, Dad, it looks like you're balding." I said, "What?" You know, like I, I've always prided myself on having a lot of hair, but you know, it's you know, it's kind of thinning up here now that I, I can kind of look at it. I'm just getting older, you know, and you can't fight father time. So that's the way it is. We're all getting up there, Jeremy. 
Well, not you. You, you, you're, you're, you're growing younger. You have an advancing hairline. I don't know how you do it. I don't know because every time I get a haircut, I tell tell the girl, uh, please, not too much, because I don't know if it'll come back. <laughs> oh, guys, all right. So, all right. What else happened in the Sun Belt that was significant would be twelve and one on opening night for baseball. With I, I was going to try to add that up. JMU and ODU not living up to the new guy hype uh, and falling on opening night. We also had series sweeps for App State over Queens. Okay. Good. Arkansas State over Swagtastic UAPB. Yeah, man. All right. Marshall over St. Louis. Texas State pounded Northwestern and not Northwestern State, Northwestern of Chicago. Yep. Southern Miss. They lived up to the new the new man hype, sweeping Liberty. Yeah, good. Play over you. Evansville. And then series wins for ULM, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Georgia Southern, South Al, and Coastal to round out the weekend. Ah, well, wait. Who didn't get a series win? Who Did somebody not get a series win? Maybe a certain school named after a, a certain – President of the United States. What and we yeah. should mention this because it's going to be President's Day tomorrow. So honored. What you what institution dishonored the American presidency on the eve of President's Day? Who would be that institution, Shane? Maybe your investigative reporting can shed a spotlight on this. Yeah, it's James Madison did not. Get any victories in three games against Florida State this weekend. Uh, uh, oh, about, about what I think was expected from the Duke's baseball team to start the season, but uh, yeah, that's a tough opening match. I mean, I I, I think uh, you know Arkansas State opened up with UAPB not ex- UAPB not expected to do much. I don't know what Florida State's fortunes are going to be in the Sunshine State. Plenty of time to work out in the sun get some uh, good players out there. So I imagine that was a pretty tough and tall order to come away with a victory. And uh, well, God, where is Florida state? Tallahassee, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. more importantly, Georgia state carried the, the Sunbelt banner only picking up one win over the weekend, but one Saturday's bench clearing brawl against yeah. Cincinnati. There was a brawl. Did you see this brawl? Did you see footage? There's no video. None that I can see, at least. Uh, so, how did you learn about the brawl? The Twitter sphere. <clears throat> I'm usually all over the Twitter sphere. Didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty ironic that both the Cincinnati and Georgia State Twitter tweeted out the exact same statement. It's, <laughs> it's like they coordinated very casually. What they were going to spend for that uh, incident. Usually social media manager minds think alike. So what we get. <laughs> what, what was, was statement? Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave us hanging. It's flying under the radar for some of us. So we need you to fill us in. Tibbs <laughs> does not have this pulled up. Yeah. How dare you? Why, why would I have it pulled up? It, it, it's, it's old news. For for us in the know, okay, it is old news. The tweet that came out late on February 18th during game two, game two of today's 
doubleheader has been suspended with mm. Georgia State leading Cincinnati 3-2 after seven endings pending further review. Updates on tomorrow's game will be posted when available. So what triggered this fight? Was it a bad pitch? Was it some trash talk? I I, I can neither confirm nor deny. I, I have seen no video. I have seen no follow-up on it. Just oh. that there was a little brouhaha oh. in the ATL. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you know. This I, was not on ESPN Plus or anything? No. Apparently, none of ULM's games were televised either that there's a, a, a fairly high cost per game associated with uh, broadcasting. However, other Sunbelt brethren, Southern Miss, Georgia okay. Southern, Texas State, were all able to jump on the train and, and showcase their games. Well, they probably have a lot of interest in those games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, ULM. So ULM, though, they, they won a couple games. So are the Warhawks going to be a, a secret player? In the uh, in the season, are we going to see some Warhawk pride from you, Tibbs? TBD. <laughs> Come on, man! You got to take a risk. You got to roll the dice. That's what being a fan's about, right? TBD. Okay. All right. All right. You've been hurt so many times. I get it. It's kind of like how we've been hurt by by uh, South Alabama basketball. We we can't fully commit. We can't allow ourselves to believe that these guys are going to you know, not break our hearts, just like Warhawk baseball. We can't allow them to have, occupy any space in our heart because we don't want our hearts to break. I get it. In other news, <laughs> the Raging Cajun softball, we, we talked about how their season kicked off with a no-hitter and yeah. said if they lost that it was going to be into the world. Well, they're on a five-game losing streak while they were in this national tournament in Clearwater, Florida. But I will say they had a lot of games, three games that were decided by one run. Ugh. So this team, while while maybe not as good as teams in the past that would have picked up those one one win games, yeah. when it comes to conference play, this is still going to be my team to watch out for. I did see that the Cajuns were playing Arkansas. Arkansas was ranked number four. I think the Cajuns were like 18th or 19th or whatever. They were a couple of runs behind. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, because Arkansas State has no softball program, which is actually aggravating, I can root for the Sun Belt for anyone to win. So I'll go Cajuns. Hope they win. Yeah. What else we got, Tibbs? I think we've covered softball. We've covered baseball. We touched on women's basketball. We've talked about men's basketball. What else do we have? Obviously, uh -huh. Maxwell George will tell us later on about the upcoming track schedule that begins in about a month. Can we call him our intern? Is he our intern? Can we make He's him not our intern? intern? He is our NIL student athlete. All right, how about this? How about we refer to him as our inside man, like our like our top secret agent inside the Sunbelt machinery? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we really need works. to rebrand Maxwell here. I mean, it can't just be some guy that we're paying out of our petty cash. It's gotta be like we've gotta when we do our taxes <laughs> here, he's gotta have like some sort of, of proven worth, right? 
We have to get ROI, return on investment. We don't even have all that, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running from the IRS. Yeah, I don't want you guys to get in trouble. All right, all right. Well, we'll we'll work on rebranding. Uh, Maxwell George and who else we got I think we got Justin Custick right the 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 A state bowling coach who's yeah I think the A state's ranked fourth in the nation for bowling guys did you do a lot of bowling in your past have you bowled I was a intramural champion and I took bowling class for my elective in addition to two tennis classes so I feel that I am very well rounded in these obscure sports uh-huh. that are outside of our norm main six sports shane you grew up in kansas right yes you absolutely bowled a lot when you were a kid because it's a lot of snow in kansas it's a lot of indoor sports i wouldn't say a lot but i i do enjoy bowling i like it i like bowling shoes i would wear <laughs> i would wear bowling shoes around with jeans if i had a pair what I is wrong know. with you shane that, you know <laughs> back in the in the early 2000s bowling style shoes were very in i i had a pair you know uh, you know i was a, a fashionable person i wore them they were great i wish they would come back in style but man you know when you put on those bowling shoes those rentals you can almost feel the athlete's foot just kind of crawling all over your toes and... yeah <laughs> if, if i was really going to get into bowling i think i'd want to get my own pair yeah i think that's a good idea i, I think avoiding the rentals is is uh key if you're going to really get into the sport your own ball your own stuff now now tibbs i'm going to try to guess i'm guessing you're a 14 pounder uh i don't know honestly i just kind of grab the ball that's i feel that that that's comfortable that my fingers don't get stuck in and uh is is left-handed friendly and there's not many left-handed friendly balls oh Oh, okay. I, I forgot that you're a lefty. Yeah. So you're that guy who has to go from trade or, or from rack to rack looking for that left-handed ball. Yeah. yeah and then sometimes I wind up with a six pounder. <laughs> but Shane, I'm looking at you and I, I'm, I, 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 I can't remember if you're a tall guy or not. I'm very average guy okay. In, okay. In, in all aspects. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone because that is a long avenue that we could tread in verse. However, I'm thinking you're a 12 pounder. Am I right? Uh, probably. Yeah. 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 I like to be a 14 pounder, but I, it wears me out after a while. Like my forearm is singing after a while. I like the, the heft of the 14 pounds. I like the power behind it, but in the end, I usually end up with the 12 pounder and I, I want to be more, I want to be the 16 pound guy. I'm just not that guy. Do you like big holes? We should end this conversation right now. I think. Like really good bowlers, <laughs> like these sort of small, shallow holes that are almost holding it like a claw, right? So they can put all that spin. I like my fingers to be deep in those holes. You know, I I want want it in there. Yeah, I get the chalk, <laughs> and I chalk up, and damn, right in the holes. <laughs> anyway, we should probably we should probably ask Justin Costick when he gets yeah. on. The- <laughs> so dusty and shane you know that the Sun Belt has uh programs universities that they have sporting endeavors that 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 don't always aren't included in the Sun Belt umbrella right you can think of uh wrestling 
for instance, with uh, Appalachian State. Or you would used to think of uh, Georgia State and uh, beach volleyball and Warhawks, for that matter, too. Sunbelt is bringing beach volleyball into the fold. Shane, is there like a, a sport with JMU that, that the Sunbelt isn't playing, but is an NCAA sport? There's a few right now, uh, field hockey and then yeah. uh, and uh, women's lacrosse. And Jamie's oh. got national championships in both of those. So they're uh, a lot of pride. Yeah. So so where those schools end up has been a fairly big deal for uh, for the or where those programs end up has been a fairly big deal for the school. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like one of those things. It's almost like a secret pride of those universities. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we you've got the Sun Belt and there's a lot of rivalry within the Sun Belt. But then these schools can have like these sort of other programs that only belong to us. And that's where Arkansas State Bowling is for the Red Bulls. Arkansas State Bowling is one of these programs that's been it, it's not just a regional powerhouse it is a national NCAA powerhouse. Uh, that sometimes goes under the radar. But in recent years, people really beginning to kind of catch up to the Red Wolves bowling program, understanding where it belongs into the path and on of sports. And with me now is the head coach of Arkansas State Bowling, Justin Costick. Justin, welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. Hey, you, all right. So you've just come off uh, a tournament, the, the Midwinter Invitational. Finished fourth, which is fine. You know, I, I, I'm sure you wanted to finish first, but you did something unique in this tournament. A first a Baker 300 game in program history. Can you explain what that is for us? So the Baker format, you have somebody bowl the first frame. Whoever usually bowls, the, you can obviously sub in, you know, the frames two and six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But basically Somebody bowls the first frame in six frames, somebody bowls the two seven, somebody bowls the three eight, somebody bowls the four nine, and somebody then bowls the five ten. And how you usually like kind of like set up your lineup, like in general, I mean, there's some different philosophies of setting up the lineup, but I mean, the main, the one thing you would usually say is, is whoever is either your best bowler or bowling the best is going to bowl the five. 10 hole because the 10th frame is worth more. Plus if you're in matches where you're playing head to head and you need a, you know, two strikes in the 10th, you're usually going to have your best player who's, you know, usually clutch of making good shots under pressure um, in that position. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, basically that is the Baker format. And so, you know, you're reliant a little bit more, you know, in a traditional game, you're kind of responsible for your own doubles or to get meaning doubles, meaning strikes to get multiple strikes in a row because you're bowling a whole game yourself. And so our matches in the Baker format, there's, there's two formats for the Baker format. So we bowl three days and there's two formats for the Baker format. And then you have traditional games on. So on Friday, you bowl five game, five Baker matches. So you add up all five games of your Baker and whoever wins in total pins wins the match. On Saturday, you bowl traditional games, which that is where five people bowl a full game. So that is basically the same format on Friday and Saturday in the number of games. It's just you're doing it one way of combining it as a whole team aspect, and one way it's the individuals are combined as a team, if that makes sense. And then on Sunday, you're bowling best four out of seven Baker format. And... So it's, that's what we competed in today. Obviously, it was the best four out of seven, and we we qualified fourth. 
And the way our tournaments work, um, if you're in the top four, you have a chance to win the event. And we, uh, we shot game, um, first game of the day or whatever, we shot 300 out of the gate. And, um, we, um, ended up, uh, you know, beating Sam Houston. And then we made the semifinal match against Louisiana tech and we were up three, two, and we could have won game six. And we, we hit Brooklyn got up who was the anchor bowler for the team who actually won the event individually on Saturday. Brooklyn got up and threw a great shot and rung a 10 pin, which is where you hit the pocket. And then the six pin wraps around the 10 it's, you know, and that those happen, those happen a lot at hijinks, actually a lot of ring and tens. And so in game seven, we left four ring tens in a row in frames five, six, seven, eight, you know, and so and then we had a flat 10 in, in the ninth frame, which that's where it hits the pocket and the six pin just kind of slaps in front of the 10 and lays in the gutter. That's not as good a shot as a ring 10, you know, but um, still a good shot. And those can carry. And we were kind of we kind of got unlucky in that match. And then I'll tell you, you know, one of with our sport, which is very, very difficult, is that you know, after you get a loss, you don't have any breed time. You have three minutes, then you got to go play another match. And so we played Nebraska and they were firing on all cylinders and we just didn't play very well. And I kept trying to get the energy level up saying, Hey, you got to let that go, get the energy level up. But I think that that match, because basically we probably should have won. We were kind of unlucky. It kind of gave a little bit of, got our, where we were just, winded and you know couldn't get get back up basically you know we were defeated a little bit and you know that happens in sports i mean there's plenty of times that that happens and that's my responsibility to try to get them back up as coach and i just wasn't able to do it so just to find a way better next time justin you mentioned uh nebraska you mentioned sam houston you mentioned louisiana tech uh, these guys are actually pretty uh, uh, powerful programs in bowling. Who right now are the the programs that Arkansas State needs to look out heading into the NCAA tournament? Well, all those schools are good. I mean, Nebraska, obviously, you know, there's a Division II school called McKendree, obviously, that won our event. That's really good, too. I mean, they have the head coach for Team USA as their coach. And then Shannon O'Keefe's the best female bowler in the world, is the, actually the head coach. And her husband is the coach for Team USA. And so they're very difficult as a Division II program um, because D1, D2, and D3 are combined in bowling. And so we basically just have one championship that's all combined together. And so you have them, Vanderbilt. I mean, usually those are the four powerhouses. Youngstown State's gotten good. Um, my buddy has got the job there. He actually, you know, I got sick in 2000, in the 2017-18 season. And so I actually took a leave of absence that first semester. And so my buddy, who I went to school with at Nebraska, he had coached the club guys team at Texas A&M for a while. And he ended up getting his, because he got his PhD from Texas A&M and he was a professor and then he stopped being a professor in um, Jacksonville, Florida, and say so he just wasn't working. And so I was like, Doug, I need some help here. I mean, I'm not getting some answers here in Jonesboro. I need to go home to Seattle. So he filled in for me, and team went, you know, first tournament finished fifth under him, the next tournament finished third, and then they won the third tournament. And then I had him stay when I got back for the second half, and then he parlayed it into a JUCO job that came open, and then literally – Three months later, the job came open at Youngstown and I fronted him for the job and he got it and he's turned them into a pretty big powerhouse and he's got a Nebraska background like myself. And 
see, Justin, I, here's the storyline I'm getting from that. Childhood friend or a longtime buddy, unemployed college professor, gets a shot at Arkansas State, now becomes your arch enemy. Yes. Yeah. In some aspect, but he's my, I mean, he's my best friend, man. I mean, we'll be best friends forever, you know, um, just, you know, it's one of those things, but I mean, I've come up on the better end of the stick against him because of the national championship in 2021, we knocked them out and then, you know, cause they made the final four. And then last year we knocked them out in the regional or whatever in the round of eight stuff. Cause we made the round of eight and we've had, we bowled Vandy for, to see who won the region to go to the Nash because they've changed it to, you know, where you've got four regional sites now and then only four make it to the, whatever you want to call it, the final four championship part of it. So, you know, that that's something that we talked about a couple of years ago, Justin, was that the, the, the format is actually, the, the tournament has actually expanded. I think it used to be eight teams invited. Yeah. And that's yeah, like twice as many? Yes, it's actually going to be, I think it's like, there's going to be one play-in game too. So it's like 17 that make it or something like that now. Yeah, like, it's a play-in game. Yes. <laughs> and so, cause there was an added conference. So there's a play-in. Um, so yeah, it used to be literally. So like one of the, somebody was asking me before we came on about the Southland aspect of stuff of why we're in the Southland. And so it used to just be the top eight teams made it. RPI, you know, they have this formula of your sure. win-loss percentage, yada, yada, yada. RPI, there's like six main categories, strength of schedule, wins against common opponents, ranked opponents, and then head-to-head or whatever. So, like, when they look at the teams on all the six categories. And then, so then they, they wanted to – we've kind of had, like, some stagnant of growth or whatever. And so, because of that, they they thought that – one of the things is that happened in lacrosse was is when lacrosse started going to AQs, they got some growth. So they felt like if we went to AQs that it would have us have some growth. Now I would say we've had some growth, um, you know, but it's been more of a D three division two and, you know, a little bit lower level division one. There's some schools in the NEC, the private schools like Merrimack added bowling. So there's been a little bit of growth from, I believe conference AQs. Um, but we haven't had enough growth yet, you know, and it's kind of one of those things that I think we should have more growth, but I also think that, you know, bowling has a bad reputation. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of stigma to bowling. That's, not true like if you came to you know one of our college events like all the females are in pretty good shape you know <laughs> yeah you know and there's this big stigma that everybody is you know the big lebowski or 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 bigger from you know uh kingpin and so i think that uh there should be more growth and we may have some growth now. So, you know, the Southland's going to dissolve because Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston are not in the Southland anymore. And so because Sam Houston went to conference USA and you have La tech over in conference USA conference USA is now adding bowling and the Southland added it, but they really didn't add it. It was kind of like one of those things where it wasn't like official, like, so the conference USA has now is now adding it. So we're going to probably be moving from the Southland over to conference USA. Now there could be a time that we're going to be 
where if more Conference USA schools add, we might not be able to be an affiliate member if it gets too big on that side at some point. But that could take a while. But so Jacksonville State is now going to Conference USA and they are adding bowling. So there's going to be some growth there. And one of the things about Conference USA, they have the only female commissioner. So that was one of the reasons why I believe that they picked it up. And I think that you may see some growth and you may get middle Western Florida international, you know, I think that it might take a while for a school like New Mexico state and UTEP to add because, and there's a reason why the furthest West school that has bowling is Nebraska. Oh, wow. So that's the furthest West school. So New Mexico state and UTEP, they would have to fly to every event, you know? And so, and New Mexico State's going to have a little bit of trouble, you know, being in Las Cruces or whatever, because, you know, it gets very expensive to fly bowling balls all the time unless you're flying Southwest. I mean, my team is basically not trying to give Southwest a PR commercial on your podcast, but we're basically (laughs) forced to fly Southwest because of the two free bags. I mean, we're literally, we, we bring, you know, if we're driving, I bring nine bowling balls a girl probably. You know, because bowling balls are like golf clubs and they do different things. You're only allowed to check in six. So you have a practice session. And then from the practice session, you determine what balls you're going to check in. But you have a ball that's like a driver. And then you have a ball that's like a three wood. And then you have a ball that's like a two iron. You know, they do different things. That is fascinating. I thought all balls were either 12 pounds or 16 pounds. And that was it. No, no. They all have different cover. So the cover creates the absorption rate of oil and if the ball is more shiny the ball skids more through the front part of the lane if the ball is more sanded it's like snow it's like snow chains going through oil and that sandpaper when you sand the ball allows the ball to soak up more oil and hook sooner and so that aspect so usually like your driver has a little bit of sandpaper on it and you're wanting it to really dig into the oil and hook basically and so I think that you could have some teams kind of add, though, with bowling, you know, with moving into, you know, Liberty, you know, is moving into kind of like, so some of these teams could end up adding here at some point. And that could be actually good for us in growth, because even though they're not power five schools, they are FBS programs and there are more schools, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish a division two school. I don't want to diminish your lower level D1s by any means or D3 schools. But we need schools that the the average person knows about, you know, and so that that is adding to get real growth. Yeah, and- I'm kind of surprised, Justin, that there isn't like a a, a, a program in Wis- at Wisconsin or Minnesota. Yeah, or- I mean, that's the north where there's a lot of bowling. Okay. And, you know, I mean, obviously Michigan would be Michigan's the best bowling state and Ohio is probably the second best bowling <laughs> state. And, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, you know, and that's one of the reasons why my buddy Doug in Youngstown has done pretty well, pretty quickly. You know, he's in a good bowling area and, you know, can recruit in that aspect of stuff. And so um, and, and, and he's a smart guy and makes people better, too. And so he can skill and develop. I mean, that that's the one thing I would I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I don't have to get the best player. I don't have to. I mean, I can skill and develop somebody to become better and fix some of their game and and recruit somewhat on potential as well. 
Now, do I get some of the best players? I mean, yeah. I mean, Jordan Richard is arguably the best female bowler in the world and played here. And so I've had some of the best players, but, um, but getting back to the, yeah, I mean, we need to get some growth. And so there, and um, I think that there is a chance with this conference USA stuff um, possibly happening with them adding and then Jacksonville. So that's gets, you know, cause the Southland was always stuck at two schools, Sam Houston and SFA. And now you're at three schools with Louisiana tech, Sam Houston, Jacksonville state. And, you know, you may, like I said, you may start seeing some creep of adding and then because all these schools can, I don't know what Conference USA's Booba's Cup is, you know, because then obviously in the uh-huh. uh, Sun Belt, it's the Booba's Cup. And so you can gain points. And the reason why, I mean, I'll tell you, the reason why Nebraska added bowling and they added it back in 1997, they added bowling because Bill Byrne, who is actually Greg Byrne's you know, dad, that is the AD at Alabama, Bill Byrne wanted to win what is now back then it was called the Sears cup, but it's the capital one cup. He wanted to win the capital one cup and Bill Straub had a track record of winning at the club level. So that's why he added bowling at Nebraska. That's why Nebraska was the first, you know, big power five school to add bowling back in 97. So he was trying to load the dice. He was exactly, <laughs> and 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 that and that's one of the things. So talking about growth again, you know, if somebody wanted to catch Stanford, because you know Stanford usually wins the Capital One Cup on the female side, you know, because there's two separate divisions. You have the women's side and you have the men's side of the Capital One Cup. If somebody wanted to catch Stanford, they would add bowling and you know try to add somebody that's got a pretty good bowling background that could you know build the program pretty fast and quickly because you can win pretty quickly. I mean, my buddy Doug turn Youngstown around in one year, you know, like if you know what you're doing, you can be pretty good pretty quickly. Cause you only, you need five bowlers that are pretty good. And, you know, it's just like five bowlers and nine bowling balls per player. Per yeah. Player. But, but basketball is the same thing. Basketball with only being five, it's pretty easy to turn around quickly. You know, your baseballs and your footballs, these larger rosters make it a little harder to turn around a program and make it good. Uh, really quickly. That's Mark Taylor texting me to remind me to come on here. I'm about to get on there. Yeah. Uh, hey, you're, you're talking about turning around a program and needing, you know, it takes five people somewhere to basketball. Everybody talks about the transfer portal and all these other sports. Has that been a big deal in bowling where, like you said, you know, get one or two, people in the portal, maybe somebody who just wants to transfer for graduate school or something. And all of a sudden there's been a little bit of transfers that has, has played a role. It's not as big in our sport. It doesn't happen as often. Um, It has happened. I mean, obviously this was before the transfer portal, but Jordan and Haley Richard transferred here, you know, when they, when I, when I, when I was made aware that they were, transferring obviously because you know and they got permission to contact or whatever back then you had to get permission to contact on the transfer stuff i mean i i was which is kind of funny so one of the reasons why i ended up getting them is so in bowling still you have the governing body of bowling runs a national championship as well and it's the week after ours and there are a lot of ncaa schools that still bowl that um 
I take the stance that I'm not going to bowl that. And if this sounds kind of, I don't know, egotistical or uppity, um, I would just say I'm not going to bowl the championship that is considered the club national championship after winning the NCAA championship. I mean, I don't think that Krzyzewski would have went and played the club national championship a week later after winning the NCAA championship in basketball. And so I don't take that stance. There's other teams that look at that as like the NIT. And when we only had eight teams making it, like what was talked about before, a lot of people seen that as their opportunity to make a championship. So some of those schools still bowl that. And so um, anyhow, so they that next week, you know, like Jordan and Haley, uh, we we bowled them. They were on Central Missouri. We bowled them. We actually beat them at the national championship the first round, and they they got eliminated in uh, two matches or whatever. Um, so they went zero and two, and then they wanted to transfer. That next week, we got back. You know, that Saturday or whatever, and then like Tuesday, they're wanting to transfer. Well, I had them here that by the weekend. And everybody else is bowling the club national championship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got the best female bowler arguably in the world sitting there wanting to transfer. And people are worried about the club championship. Now, obviously, we ended up not winning. You know, it's kind of stinks that, you know, couldn't pull it off. But our sport is also very difficult to win. It's kind of like basketball in that regards with a because bowling has a lot of luck factor in it. And our format is really short. And obviously, the shorter you make the format, the more likelihood that you are rolling the dice or putting names in a hat and you could draw a different winner every time. So it's kind of a crapshoot who wins. And I'm not making excuses. Like I said, I mean, I feel like I should have won by now. One, just the law of averages. But two, you know, you got to get it done. But (laughs) I also, you know, our format is very, very very, very lucky in some aspects of stuff. Coach, you have a, uh, a tournament coming up in Nebraska where you'll, you'll, you'll face those damn Nebraska Huskies again. They're my personal bowling uh, enemy. So I, I refer to them as the damn Huskies. After that tournament, how long is it before the selection comes up for the, uh, for so the, we have that uh, event and then we have a week off and then we go to Nashville and then, uh, so we go to Vanderbilt's tournament, and that's the last regular season, postseason event. And then you have the next week after that, you have the conference championship. And then the selection show is three days afterwards. It's that Wednesday afterwards. Guys, have you ever watched the bowling selection show? Uh, Not the no. selection show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's great. It's an awesome show. And I'll tell you what, watching the NCAA tournament, like it's it's not on it's not televised unless until the final yeah game. yeah it's, it's all live streaming except for the um the the when the top two teams make it we have a live show on ESPNU and then replayed on ESPN the next day. I can't tell you how many billable hours I've spent watching the NCAA tournament bowling tournament on my computer and watching the games being played. It is an outstanding event that you just get caught up and swept into, and I encourage you to. Shane and Tibbs to watch the NCAA tournament White Cups because it is awesome. So Red Wolves ranked fourth. Am I correct right now? And then yeah, we we're fourth in the poll, and we were we were fourth in the RPI. I think we actually slipped back down to sixth. But after this weekend, we may. It's all. It's really re, like one through six is like really tight. I mean, oh well, sorry, 
three through six is really tight. There's a little gap with second, and then there's a more of a gap for first. But it like that is like three through six is really really tight and could go anyway. Do you feel like the Red Wolves are in position to bring that national trophy back to Jonesboro? I mean, we have the skill set. I mean, I would tell you that um, we probably have the deepest team, but that does obviously doesn't necessarily equate to winning because, you know, it's all just about the five that are playing or whatever. But we probably have the best depth. I mean, any player on the team can end up bowling, depending on what the lane conditions are doing and stuff like that. And um, so, I mean, that part, you know, helps us. We we have the, I mean, my team has the most amount of power. I mean, and obviously, um, you know, in a lot of sports, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, you know, if you're powerful. The thing that happens in, in bowling is, is usually the more power you have, obviously, sometimes the less accurate you are, you know, so when you're putting more revs on the bowling ball, it causes you not to hit the same spot as much, just because of the way your release is, it causes you a little bit more to spray it a little bit. And so, um, but we have, you know, some power players that are obviously precision type players as well. But um, you know, like I said, it, a lot of it stems from just getting hot at the right time and matching up to the oil condition and the building. And you got to have a little luck go your way. And I mean, do I feel like we're arguably the most talented team in the country? I mean, yeah. I mean, I have, I've been playing two freshmen a lot. I have a two handed, she basically the best, you know, female, you know, two hander that's coming up. It's obviously a style that was you know, Jason Belmonte kind of perfected or whatever, the Australian guy who's arguably the best male bowler in the world right now. And so it hadn't been prominent happening on the female side. And, but this kid, I was like, this kid can throw the ball hard enough and do it. I said, I'm going to take this kid. And so, you know, and she she was actually leading Team USA trials after four days and going into the last day. And she didn't bowl as well the last day, but she still made junior team. So she's the first female to ever make junior team throwing it two-handed style or whatever. And so, I mean, she's been playing and actually she walked in and was real quiet or whatever while on this podcast. But my one freshman kid, Carly, walked into the player. I'm sitting in our player's lounge. So, like, we're the only program in the country. Like, we got full kitchen in the locker room or whatever. So... I'm sitting right here at the kitchen or whatever. We, we basically what happened was, is so we have a, we used to practice at hijinks where we had the tournament oh. at and we moved over to the social. I own part of the social and um, you know, it's a 250 seat restaurant. that has got eight bowling lanes in it. Well, there's 12 apartments above it. And so we converted one of the two bedroom apartments into players lounge, locker room, and then mine and Taylor's offices, the assistant coach. It sounds like a pretty good recruiting tool. Oh, yeah. Very good recruiting tool. I mean, obviously, college athletics is a lot of it's about keeping up with the Joneses, you know, and so, uh, you know, you've got to be the Jones if you want to keep up with the Joneses, because if you get behind, it's hard to catch up. As a veteran of intramural bowling, I salute you, because I know that that was a true struggle for me. I was nowhere near 300. The only turkey I saw was uh, the dance I had to do when I had uh, three straight gutter balls. So what did you ask me? What was the, you said something about intramural bowling, but I didn't, I didn't know that was a question. I think no. he was just congratulating I you. Think for, it was a question. It sounded like, you know, you asked if there was another question, and I was like, it didn't really sound like a question. <laughs> I actually have a question, and he kind of mentioned it earlier. Kingpin or Big Lebowski, what's a better bowling movie? Um, 
you know, if you want to like, from a standpoint of being funny, I would say yeah. I, I, I like Kingpin from a standpoint of funny. I mean, obviously the one line that I always crack a joke every once in a while with still, you know, even though I'm making fun of myself as being a bowler is, is I like the line where they're interviewing Roy Munson and they're like, what have you been doing with yourself the last 20 years? And Roy's like drinking a lot of drinking. And they're like, you drinking now? He's like, no. Why are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> and you see, and you're like, why do bowlers have a bad reputation? And then you go right to it. You go right to the drinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, next time that we have commissioner Gill on, we need to make you have you put together a PowerPoint of the history of bowling so that we can get Co Commissioner Gill to make bowling a, a, a official Sunbelt. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think that it's a relatively easy sport to add. I mean, most places have a bowling center in town, <laughs> so you don't have to build the facility. It's relatively inexpensive and would obviously fill some you know, title nine requirements for a lot of these schools. And, you know, a lot of these schools in the Sun Belt obviously <coughs> don't have, you know, I mean, I think the largest budget in the Sun Belt is like 40 million or something of that nature. And so it's not like they're in that massive budget range of, you know, 100, 120, 130 million or I mean, heck, I think some of those schools are 150 million now, yeah. and you know, on the power five. So, you know, it's one of those things that, they could do it without, you know, adding a facility and you can win pretty quickly. I mean, it, you hire the right guy. It, it ain't going to take very long. Coach Justin Kostick, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Thank you for educating our listeners on bowling and NCAA. And we look forward to seeing where Arkansas state lands in the NCAA tournament bracket. No problem. Thanks for having me. I mean, I appreciate it. So once again, we are joined by our student athlete phenom, Maxwell George, joins us to give us the insight of student life. Maxwell, how it goes? I know that you are on are in the loveliest village on the plains at Auburn, preparing for your first meet of the season. So tell us what's going on. Uh, so Sunday is our long run day. So I figured I was my parents live up here anyway. So um, came up here to see my family. Got sixty minutes, which ended up being a little over seven miles in. So. Now, I, I estimated my run a little far, so I don't have to walk a long ways back home. So <laughs> that That's the downside of why I don't run is because it's that whole – I could make it there. It's that you got to get back. I was yeah. I was listening yeah. to the bowling coach, and I, I figured I, it sounded like I chose the wrong sport. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We could probably get Justin Caustic to come and give you some pointers about how to get into bowling. Apparently, it's big money. Absolutely. Apparently, I think I might need to change my career and my future outlook. <laughs> so you're in Auburn. What's going on in Auburn? Really, I just came up here to see my family. I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. Actually, I went to the Auburn baseball game today. My buddy from uh, back home was a starting pitcher today for Auburn. He threw the first game of his high, or college career Ooh. this Sunday. And uh, he didn't do that well, but it was still no. good to see him. Pitch, so... <laughs> So on that note, if, if you were back in Troy, I mean, is there a, a little bit of pressure there from the athletic director or your coaches that you, you need or have to, in air quotes, go support other uh, student athletes, whether it be baseball, softball, whatever? 
we, we, I think we all naturally do. I don't think they ever just force us, but it's kind of like an unwritten, just kind of just like support your, your, your fellow student athletes. So uh, Saturday I went to the toy baseball game and with our half made stadium at the moment, there was a lot of uh, fellow athletes out there. I sat by a couple uh, volleyball players and football players. So I think it's not, it's not stress, but I think it's like an unwritten kind of just known thing between all of us. There- I imagine it's also got to be a little bit, you know, you know, give it and you get it back. You, you got to appreciate, yeah. you know, when they come out to support you and, you know, you, then it's also fun to go out and, you know, maybe be cheering instead of competing every once in a while and have be sure. on that side of it. I know that the biggest people or the biggest group of people that actually picked it up was, uh, so I think volleyball games were on Friday nights during the uh, regular season. The football team would have away games. Coach Summerall would make them come to the volleyball game. And just imagine a hundred football players getting super into a volleyball game. They probably don't know a whole lot about, but they're just cheering, giving the other team a hard time. And so that's probably a good example of just one team buying into another team and back and forth, obviously. We were there for them on Saturdays. They were there for the volleyball team on Friday nights. You know, a little bit off the topic, but I always wondered with track and field people, because there's so many different kind of specialties involved, do like the pole vaulters kind of hang out with the pole vaulters and the long distance runners hang out with the distance runners and the and the javelin throwers just kind of hang out with them? Or is it really a, 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 just sort of a blend, like a one big good community? It, it definitely is. So I started on like the cross country distance side of things. And so that's just one unique group as well for track. Some teams just do it differently where they have different or the same coach, different coach. But we have um, one coach that does all everything from basically if you run, excuse me, if you run anything up above the 800 uh, men and women's, you have one coach. His name's Coach Cunningham. And that's on one side of the track. And most of those people hang out within their own group. Then you come back to the other side of the track, which is Coach Davis and Coach Riley and all the sprints and specialties. Your jumpers hang out together. The 800-meter group, there's like eight, ten to, excuse me, there's ten of us. We all hang out together. The sprinters hang out together. So, like, yes, there is a very much so kind of divide. I wouldn't say divide, but, like, when we get all together, we're all fun and cool in games. But kind of throughout the day and, like, as time goes on, like, You'll see if you're in a training group with somebody, like as a freshman, there's a great chance you're probably going to live with that person the next year as a sophomore. Uh, the throwers tend to really keep to themselves because they don't lift with us. They're on a whole different schedule than us. And so they're definitely on their own little whole wavelength of throwers and things like that. And so I would say very much so that we all have our own groups that we hang out with. I would imagine a lot of people probably don't even realize, too, that on, on a given weekend, your whole team might not be going to the same place. Like, you know, maybe somebody's heading to the Drake relays for the big meet while the rest of the team goes somewhere else. Or, you know, maybe your decathletes are heading somewhere and the rest of the team. Does that kind of, uh, I guess, impact just the team nature of it and the social aspect of it too? I think at the end of the day, I mean, yes, because everybody wants that opportunity to run big. Like this past weekend, um, some of our indoor uh, we we don't have a or Tro- or Troy doesn't have an indoor men's team technically in the Sun Belt, but we can run just as Troy, but not for a championship or anything as a team. So we had some of our guys and girls go to uh, the Vanderbilt relays or Vanderbilt meet in Nashville this past weekend or two weekends ago, and then we had a couple that went to Birmingham for a, a meet there. Obviously, there comes a little animosity. Everybody, of course, wants to run the big meet, but I think at the end of the day, we're just we're fans of each other. We want to see each other succeed and be successful. And in, in a way, like, 
if, if I could, I, I can't really show you screenshots of our group chats, but if I showed you like group message or part of our group message, it was just us encouraging each other. One group was there like, Hey, good luck on this meet, run big, do big. We were like, we're here for you. And then it was also the next day when the other group was running in Birmingham, the same exact thing. So it's overall just, a, uh, we, we've kind of embraced the family aspect in Troy. I know it can be different other places with however they, they, their culture is, but for us, Recently, it's been very much so of a, a family bond in the sense that we're all each other's fans. We all want to see each other do good, regardless of if you're in Eugene running in a big meet or you're in Birmingham, Alabama, or even Mobile, Alabama running a meet. Well, Maxwell, we thank you as always and looking forward to having you back again next week as you give us a recap and count down the days to the start of outdoor season. Yes, looking forward to it. It is a little less than it's actually a month and one day away. So we're looking forward to it. So there we have it, Jeremy, another segment with our NIL student athlete, Maxwell George, giving us the inside scoop as we're, as we said, a month away from the start of the season. I like to think, and and, and we need to pony up to find us a fun belt podcast flag for when he wins at a meet. Instead of draping himself in the U.S. flag, he has the fun belt podcast flag over him. And then there's like an online stream and they're like, there's the, there's our winner, Maxwell George. And, and I, I don't know what that is. He has wrapped around him. But that would be that would, that would be. be significant return on investment from Maxwell yeah. George. And maybe like when he's being interviewed <clears throat> by the national press, he's drinking, sipping from a coffee cup with the Fun Belt podcast branding on it. Could do that. There's just so many possibilities. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe we should put together a patch for the entire team to sew onto their shorts or their little jerseys. We can do that. I don't think we can afford that. Okay, we don't have that. Well, what can we do instead of that? Could we do promos, plugs, and parting shots? I like it. I like the way you think. Very good idea. What a great segue. So natural. No, Tibbs, you've got to run the parting shots. I'm tired of running parting shots. You run parting shots. Come on. Okay. okay. Trying to think of how to phrase this. Okay. All right. Take your time. It's it's a podcast. There's no it's like a baseball game. There's no time. Oh, there is now. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, they have a they have a pitch clock now. Oh, that's true. I'm glad. Thank God. But they can go into extra innings. Yeah, that's true. It's infinite. Time. This past week, somehow I found myself mm-hmm. not at a Harlem Globetrotters game. Okay. Not at a Savannah Bananas game. All right. But at the Harlem Wizards game. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is what... this is like you remember when you would go to the dollar store yeah. and you wanted a Transformer as a kid, but they had like Connect robot. Yeah. And it was like, it kind of yeah. looked like a transformer, yeah. but it wasn't a transformer. Never really put together right. Yeah. Yeah. When they can't hit a shot, the guy like misses a dunk. It, it, it just, it's, it's not the same. The yeah. point of my story, make sure if you're going to venture out and go to one of these comedy sporting events. Go to the real deal. Don't cheap out and go to the Harlem Wizards. 
So it was it was supposed to be kind of like the Globetrotters, but instead you got the Harlem Wizards. Is that right? That is correct. So you went bargain basement shopping on a a a sort of discount non-branded uh novelty basketball team didn't want to spend for the top brand and you paid the price in terms of quality very much so and and you know it was for a good cause it was for a fundraiser for a school okay but yeah it, it was uh it was bad now are these like the same guys that break stuff for jesus like they tear phone books and same caliber i would say i like those guys all right hey that's a great parting shot i I think if there's a warning like a a consumer reports warning in there that that yeah don't do it service like a psa like we we have performed a service for the public yeah just 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 don't do it yeah so we save shane for last i think we should i think shane's whatever his parting shot promo or plug should be the last one which means i get to go next okay all right, have you guys heard of this movie called Plane? No, no, no. <laughs> well, the trailers came out a couple weeks ago, you know, hit it on Twitter and Instagram and wherever you see videos. And it's this Gerard Butler movie, and he plays this sort of a commercial airline pilot. And uh, his plane crashes in the Philippines, where it's just uh, ruled by a, a, an evil warlord, right? He has to get his you know, pa- passengers to safety. And so it's this real exciting trailer. It's like gunshots and fist fighting and planes crashing and warlords shaking their fists and all this stuff. You're like, oh my God, what's this going to be? And then it reveals the name of the movie, Plane, <laughs> which is, everybody was like, why would you name this movie the dullest and, and, and sort of most generic thing you could possibly name it. And so watching the movie, you know, Megan and my wife and I decide, well, let's, let's go ahead and rent this. We've got the house to ourselves, you know, instead of romance, let's, let's watch Plane with Gerard Butler. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's not that bad a movie. You know how in a movie, like it might have like a, a bunch of characters in it. And then the movie t- kind of takes its time to introduce all those characters. So we kind of know their backstory. Like maybe there's a quibbling uh, married couple and maybe there's a, a drug dealer who's got, you know, hiding his drug somewhere. Or maybe there's a businessman who's late for a meeting. You get all these uh, side stories that make you care about the characters in the movie. Plane doesn't do that. Plane doesn't waste your time, Shane. It's like, he, here's some passengers. Gerard Butler is the pilot. Here's the co-pilot. They're going to crash in the Philippines. There's going to be a big brouhaha. There's going to be machine guns. Here's the bad guy. He's got great hair. It's long and flowing. Do we learn anything about the bad guy? No, we don't know why he's evil. We don't know why how he became a warlord. We don't know what's his story. It's just like, it, here he is. So there was like nothing to really hold on to. And it was refreshing. It was like, yes, I don't have to know anything about these characters. <clears throat> I just want to know who's going to die next. So my recommendation, plain, five out of five stars. Awesome. <laughs> I've also got some recommendations on stuff people will watch based okay. on our conversation with Justin. 
earlier when he started talking about how big bowling was the PBA in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Made me think of two things. Well, first, I don't know if anybody's seen the series documentary now where like Bill Hader, Phil Armisen, these guys, Mm -hmm. they make fake documentaries. They're kind of like parodies of of real ones. Okay. And um, they did one on bowling um, a few years ago that was based on an actual documentary called a league of ordinary gentlemen, which was, which was basically what he was talking about. Like how big um, bowling was back in the day and how, you know, the tech guys tried to like revive it and make it a, you know, TV event and everything. And um, both of those are worth watching. I think after the conversation we had with Justin, it's a, it's really fun. It's really fun to see, to see the real thing and then see the hilarious version where they kind of make a mockumentary out of it um on documentary now like both both are worth the time to uh to check out you know i first of all absolutely we should be checking that out but when justin talked about how popular bowling was as a tv event back in the early 80s i mean i grew up in illinois and i visit my grandparents often and bowling was on the tv all the damn time they loved it too they were transfixed. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to come back. I don't know how many places I probably heard of strictly because they were on the PBA tour. Like, I remember, like, there was no other reason for me as a kid to know where Hickory, North Carolina, or, like, Terre Haute, <laughs> Indiana, or all these places were. But they were on the PBA tour, and you see them on TV. And, like, oh, was, I guess it's almost like a professional sports town because they get, you know, the – pro bowling bowling tour it all depends on what you're into because i knew hickory as the home of the hickory crawl dads a ball affiliate of the pittsburgh pirates hmm. all right yeah. oh, by the way i've been to a globetrotters show have you ever been to a globetrotters show i have it's not bad i agree i brought it i wouldn't want to do it all the time like I mean, there's only so many slam dunks I can watch. By the way, today is the NBA All-Star Game. You guys watching that? No, I'm not. It was, also, like day, it. It was also Daytona Sunday, and I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I don't watch any All-Star Game. I, I used to watch the baseball one, and I, I've just gotten tired of it. All right, before we go, I just want to remind you that tomorrow is President's Day. So if you, you know, get out your John Adams inflatable, you know, make your, your George McKinley, George McKinley, no, no. <laughs> Zachary Taylor uh, cupcakes, have them out or Santa Kennedy or whoever, you know, you choose to worship for President's Day <laughs> and uh, enjoy. I assume you guys are getting some time off. I, I know you aren't, Shane, because you're a member of the press and there's no time off for the press. But maybe, Tim, are you taking some time off? Nope, no time off. Yeah. You know, I work for myself. I could choose to take some time off and honor the presidents. But uh, all right, I'm going to ask you who is your favorite pre 19th century president? Like from 1900 down to 1784, whenever we had George Washington installed as our first president. Abraham Lincoln's a distant cousin of mine, so I got I got to go with cousin Abe. Have you ever read um, 
oh gosh what was the name of it uh, 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 uh ah, it was a great uh lincoln biography and suddenly the name escapes me but i do love lincoln how about you tibbs yeah i i, I don't know i i i, I slept through those history classes so uh, you, you can know, fake anyway. it though and say oh thomas jefferson that guy was badass no I, <laughs> I i didn't like any of those guys um <laughs> you know probably starting with kennedy on is, is where i really care huh well i yeah, okay i'm kind of a i'm not a little bit of a historian not amateur historian i tell you what this is kind of a weird answer for me i like george washington the guy was a like a beast he was a unit I mean, the guy was an athlete. I like George Washington, so I'll be remembering old George. You'll be remembering Abraham Lincoln, and un-American Tibbs will just be sitting around not thinking about the presidents during President's Day. Working to pay my taxes, Jeremy. Working to pay my taxes. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to end it. I mean, it's not, but... <laughs>